This episode of the Rad Broadcast is brought to you by Tech2U. Tech2U strives to deliver superior technical services from professional and friendly staff while maintaining their principles of credibility, accountability, and customer service as they grow. With locations all over Northern California, Southern California, and Las Vegas, Tech2U provides in-shop repair, mobile services for residential and business, and remote service provided online. Tech2U repairs everything ranging from printers, scanners, screen repair, motherboards, keyboards, touchpads. They'll even recycle electronics. Visit www tech2u.com that's tech the number two u.com or call 888-340-8324 that's 888-340-8324 for tech2u the rad all right well this is kind of a monumental episode of the broadcast because this is actually not only is it the 50th episode, Whoa! but this is actually the one-year anniversary since we actually started doing the Rad Broadcast. I got number 50 and one year. Yes, you did. But you're not the first return guest. That's true. Sorry, Sorry about that. <sighs> okay, well, can't have, all, can't have them all. You and I have been friends for years. You know I like to give and then take away almost right. immediately. Yeah, so. it's a nice little sandwich. I didn't want you to have too much joy. Absolutely. By the way, I'm, I'm Rob. That's Pat. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for joining us, <laughs> Pat. Rob. Thank you for joining Hi, me. Hi, Brandon. Thanks for having yeah, us. Absolutely. I just wanted to get that out of the way because I thought that it was kind of a big deal. 50 of these things. Yeah, I know. I can't even believe it. So it's 50 and it's one year because we get so much vacation time, but the way we structured it, you only missed two. But see, you do podcasts during vacation. That's it. I was doing the math, I've and it's basically I've skipped one week of vacation mm. each see, time. I, I mean this in the nicest way, but you're a dumbass. That, that, Am there's I? A, there's, a reason, Am I? there's a reason we have vacation. You should take it. Hey, you, you hired me, man. Mm. Yeah, vacation? I just got off vacation. How much do you get a year? Uh, we accrue hourly. No, I mean like literally though, because you're a cop and you do other stuff. But like, like you, you go. What do to, I take? You go to Mexico once a year. I know that being your friend, but I mean, how much time off do you really take? Not you, a lot. It's you, usually well, you work because we have long weekends, so I work. You know, I'll take a day off and go camping. That's not vacation. Okay, well then I take one <laughs> week a year. Okay. Of actual vacation. I heard. A, I had a rumor though that you're planning like big vacations next year. I don't know why this is interesting to people. No, it but... is because he's a cop. He's a busy guy. Are, are you? Are, I don't know if you want to talk about it. Oh, but... I don't. It's not me. It's it's my girlfriend. Yeah, well, which you brought up last time you were on, and everybody got all, "Oh, Pat is your girlfriend," so you're still with her. I'm still with her. In she's fa- she's moved in. Ah! Oh wow! Yeah, we official. are we are co-residing. Right on. And uh, my house is. Cluttered. It's not, not your the, house. Not the same anymore. Huh? It ain't your house anymore. No, no, no. Our house. There it is. <laughs> it's it's an adjustment period, and she gets so mad. I told her she keeps throwing my shit away, <laughs> and then, <laughs> I keep coming home, find stuff in the trash. Hey, I like this. Like, I didn't know that was a trash. Like stand. decorating stuff or clothes or. It was a it. joke. What she. There's some of my throw pillows on my couch ended up in the trash can in the garb in the. Uh, mm. In the, the, the garage ended up well. In her defense, the garage has, has become a dump zone. Okay, for where we kind of everything's kind of cluttered. All of your stuff. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what basically all my shit's in the garage. And Brandon, Brandon, I'm going to ask a technical question real yes. quick. I'm getting major right channel, no left channel on when Pat talks. Pat, is oh. it that stupid button on the stupid microphone? Real yeah. quick. Yeah. Sorry, this is technical broadcast <laughs> shit. And, Stupid equipment in our stupid studio that we own and love, but you know, there's Try stupidness. Again. Try again, but put bad? it back towards your mouth there again. 
Uh, how's it? Oh, I still got some right. It's still right. Yeah, same thing. Oh. It's cool because it comes through in earbuds. People be like, yeah, man, good thing Rob said that. Oh, nope, now we can't hear anything because he unplugged you. Yeah, yeah stop talking. Yeah, there we go. How's that? Hello. There, there it is. Ah. The old plug, unplug it and plug it back in trick. Runs this place. So uh, don't let's not talk about that. So uh, <laughs> so yeah. So she's moved in fully, but but you were you were talking to bowling because everybody knows we bowl together. That yeah. There's a rumor that you might be you might be doing more than Mexico next year. Yeah, she has a big desire to do a two week European uh, vacation. Really? Are you gonna so. backpack, hike, hostels? Uh, dude, look <laughs> look at me. <laughs> We're not backpacking. I'll take the train wherever you need to go. And uh, well, that's all you can take. Okay, then. So I don't know if shit about you. Have, have you been out. to Europe? No, I have no desire to go to Europe right now. And so, where have you ever been? I have not. Where? You, so, where in Europe? It's kind of a big place. Yeah, I think she's talking about doing like Italy and. God, what is Europe. with chicks in Italy? It must be the Italian men. They the, love the bopa da boopy. Yeah, the pasta. I don't know. <laughs> Venice. If I know her, she'll have it all mapped out. Did you say she'll Venice? Come. Venice. Oh, Venice. Yeah. Oh, it's romantic. Yeah, it, oh, is she anal like that? Is she type A? She'll have what she wants to see. She's not totally type A, but she'll have it all planned out and organized where, where we're going, what she wants to Just see. Just the two of you? or Because I know you've adopted a well, family Here's now. how it goes. Nope. This ought to be good. She goes, Ooh. I'm going to Europe next week, for t- <laughs> next year for two weeks. Do you want to go? If not, I'm taking one of the kids. And I'm like, no, I'm going. So. And all the kids are grown? Yeah, one. Well. All of them are grown except for one that's sixteen who's in the house. And your kids are there's the there's the one that's the same age as my wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which is everyone's favorite moment from the last broadcast. Mm. And don't you have a second kid? Mm-hmm. I have a nine year old. The nine year old. There you go. Okay. Are they all getting along real well? Yeah, you know, my nine year old's easy. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's it's amazing how good kids are when you have them as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> you still have your two labs, right? <laughs> I do. And are they, did you did your girlfriend come with any dogs or anything? Any no, pets? No, well, that's good. But she loves the labs. She better love those labs because so, I know how you feel about those labs. She, yes, she loves the dogs. She hates the hair, <laughs> and she's big on house cleaning and keeping a clean. She's home. a woman, so right? She, There's another girl thing, right? So she's chasing the hair, she's chasing dog hair. Mm-hmm. But her daughter, oh my god, probably wouldn't have moved in if I didn't have the dogs. She loves the dogs. Oh, good, ah. good. So that, or that worked out. So is the daughter potentially a built-in maid as well? Because my, no, my no. understanding of children, of the reason you have them is so they do stuff. Slave labor. Yeah. No, not this one. <laughs> do you know what movie that's from? You weren't no. even old. Gone on Golden Pond. No, no. 1983, that's the old... Do you remember that movie? Because you're old enough to remember that I movie. I remember the movie. Henry Fonda. I saw it because I have a penis, but... <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, I... I I had a mother who made me watch it. Okay. Well, my mom didn't make me watch it. Uh, we were watching Airplane. What? Uh, <laughs> much much better choice. What? Uh, what? Last time you were on the podcast, you were talking about your dogs. They still in good shape because I know one's getting up there. Yeah, he's getting up there. Actually, he is went in for a checkup today. He had an ear infection, so he came home today with. But some, all good. Yeah, good. Wow. good. Ear infections are no big deal. Nah. Yeah. It's a lab. It's like <laughs> he's had like nineteen ear infections. It's like a Toyota days. of yeah. dogs. Yeah. He'll keep going. I just I, I I just I can't with the lab thing. I, I swear to God, man. I mean, having my first, you know, who came with the wife, mm-hmm. and and being used to shepherds, and we're in like we're in boot camp mode now, just because it was time. Now that we're in the new house, training that fucker because he is everything is so exciting to him, oh, and yeah. it's impossible. That you know, the shepherds are like, okay, you know, now's the time to be serious. I'm gonna sit. I'm going away, and he's he's like, no, I want food, I want food, I want food. I mean, you'll get food if you just do the thing. They're so <laughs> labby. I, I don't know how else to describe it. They're I just, thought about you the other day. Uh, actually, 
two days ago. I was on a uh, movie shoot, which will. Oh, well, that's right. Oh, cool. That's, yeah. we, I was wondering if we could talk about your little movie career. Were they uh, a black lab named Scout? Sunset. His name was Scout. No joke. Wow, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> so wait, let's talk about this movie thing. Were you like, were you a, were you a guard protecting the protecting the scene, or were you actually in the movie? Uh, no, I was a paid talent. In, really? Within the film. Yeah. So you're in the Actors Guild and everything now? Huh? No, that's a little different. So the Actors Guild's a, a membership to pay into, and they take a percentage of what you earn, and uh, you have to qualify to join the Actors Guild, and you have to have been in. So many paid, uh, paid primary role in a SAG. Okay, these are independent um, local uh, indie films. So it's an indie film. Yeah, it's locally sponsored. Um, Marcus Allen was a producer, and so is Howard Ooh. Bird. Mark and, S. Allen, not yeah. Marcus Allen, yeah, the football Mark player. S. Oh, no. Allen, yeah, right. the TV guy. Right. Who, who, uh, Pat and I were talking on the golf course. Uh, I've I've done charity events with Mark. He's a great guy. Yeah, very cool guy. Uh, I told Pat, only guy I ever met that made me go, "Holy shit!" He has a dirty mouth compared to me. <laughs> really? But super cool guy. Uh, so is this going to be like a real movie? Movie? He is doing it big. He's got. Um, I'm actually. Oh, by the way, I'm not bowling Thursday. Going to his premiere. What? Yeah. Okay. Well, a red carpet event. You didn't, you didn't invite Rob? No. Oh. So. Uh, <laughs> No, he's putting out some good movies, um, and there's some good stuff uh, coming out of the Sacramento area. Can you talk about what it's about when it's when it can when the general public can see it, where they can see it? What, which movie? So that, there's three. There's two that I'm involved in, and there's the one that Marcus Allen uh, has that it's coming out. The premiere is tomorrow. It's called, you, it's called Apparition. Go are ahead. you acting in all of these films? Like the are first you... one, I was an extra. Okay. So um, that movie is called Ballbuster, which is a hilarious uh, basketball comedy. <laughs> Which will be out. Uh, looks like it's slated for <laughs> April one. It's actually pretty funny. It's it, the concept is, is awesome. Okay. Um, and then the movie that um, I'm working in right now is uh, called um, Fear Farm. Fear Farm. This is the one I saw the pictures of. How much? Can, right. Yeah. How much can we talk about that? This is the Marcus Allen one. Correct. Where you you're you're like a monster guy. Yeah, I'm one of the killers. Whoa! So you're like in? Are you are you in like makeup and stuff? Like, are you? Do they make you into a monster? Yeah, again, I can't. You know, I can't. I don't want to discuss too much. I don't want to give away. I don't know what I can. Last time I was on set, I posted a Facebook photo of me, and oh. it got in trouble within like 30 seconds of posting it. Wow! So I don't want to give away too much about the film. Can but. you talk about the height disparity <laughs> between the various people, the bad okay, guys? So there's four. Um, there's four slasher. It's a slasher film. Um, there's four brothers, and I'm. You mean brothers, like related, or brothers? <laughs> brothers. Because I don't know if people know that you're black. Okay. If they haven't figured that out yet. You can't tell by the way I talk. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how much that pisses so many people uh, off? <laughs> by the way, that's spot on. Your impression is spot on when he did that. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I know. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, there's four of us that are playing killers, and of the four, I'm the third tallest, or I should third shortest. Spoiler alert. The f- one guy's seven foot, next guy's <laughs> six, seven, and I'm six, four, and the next guy's six. Yeah, we did. Wow. I, I know we did the specs on the last podcast, but you're six, four, two, eighty. 
Yeah. And ripped and built like a brick house to well, other people. Okay. I think it's mighty, so. mighty. By the way, I was on the golf course with you last weekend in short sleeves looking at your ripped ass arms. So I don't know what you're talking about being out of shape. So, I mean, do you look at this guy and think, oh, yeah, Pat's getting a little fat? Yeah, a little, a little chunky <laughs> in the midsection there. <laughs> Well, I told you I'd get in shape for Cabo. So, no, that's right, that's right. The Cabo diet. How was Cabo? Yeah, exactly. How was Cabo? Cabo is amazing as Cabo ever was. Actually, was pretty. It's the slowest Cabo I've ever. You know, there was nobody there. Is because everybody's in the caravan? I don't know. Yeah, in the caravan, or they're all heeding up. You know, Trump advisory to not travel, but it was it was slow down there. But oh, that's I mean, good. Cabo itself was amazing. You yeah. posted a thing on our Facebook page, so everybody knows you were hanging out with uh, Michael Anthony and and Sammy by extension. Yep, all good. Everybody good. Yeah. Sammy says hi. I'm sure to us. Cause... Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I couldn't <laughs> get him to plug you. Sorry. <laughs> Does Mike? Did Michael Anthony actually listen to Rad Radio after he posted that video? Sure. He said he was gonna. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> So I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't know. So <laughs> <laughs> Michael Anthony's got a uh, a, a super busy uh, schedule. He usually comes and plays Sammy, and then he plays a couple of gigs with Sammy throughout the year. But now he's with the new group called the Circle, which is uh, Jason Bottom drumming, which is John Bottom's son, mm-hmm. Vic Johnson on guitar, Michael Anthony bass, and Sam. Well, they're they've cut a new album and they're touring. So Michael Anthony left. Cabo on Monday was on a plane Tuesday to Cleveland to perform. Oh, that's awesome. And then two days before they were in Cabo, they were in Huntington Beach doing the high tide beach party two days. So he is moving. That's awesome. So to tell you that he's listening to the Rad Show, probably not. <laughs> no, he's a little busy. <laughs> a little busy. I, don't, I understand. And does he ever talk about like this Van Halen days? I know he's got a lot of stuff going on that's so far gone from that now, but does he ever talk about that kind of stuff when he's hanging out with you? He does. And I, I ask him questions. And, yeah. And, is a neat story. Asked him about Van Halen getting discovered, actually. Oh yeah. And he, and the trials and tribulations they went through, and he's telling me a you know a quick story about they were performing in L.A. and they had a huge following, and um, Gene Simmons came to see them and liked them and said they were the next big deal. Brought Paul Simon down to listen to him, and he goes, "Hey, this band's it. I want to promote them. I want to manage them." And Paul is basically like, you don't have the ability to manage them the way they need to be managed. We're on tour ourselves and so on and so forth. So Gene paid for Van Halen to fly to New York to their record label wow. to listen to them. And so these guys are going, all right, this is it. They go there, they go there and fail. <laughs> oh, no. Really? They, they did great, but the record label goes, no. No, oh, they sound great. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for coming to New York. Wow. We'll pass. And then they end up getting signed by another label. Well, who's that executive? Where's that guy right now? (laughs) Oh, shit. So, I mean, it just shows that, you know, everybody thinks that you just go play in the club one day and then next minute you're signed and you're... Excuse me, my dog. Is is that Walter clawing at the door to come into the studio? I don't know where he is. This is what I love about the broadcast. They're so relaxed. Did he come in? No, I think he's out in one of those. Oh, is it? Is it not Don? <laughs> I think she knows how to use the door handles. Okay. Walter, where are you? Walter, door number three. Uh, man, he's a pain in my ass. He's he's got lab in him. I think <laughs> probably smells a couple laps. How you doing, boy? Jerk. So Cabo's good. Cabo's amazing. You know, just one the, big party. It's this time is a little more relaxed. Yeah, and for me. It's not the, the party aspect, and I, a lot of people think 
and maybe my girlfriend because she didn't go with me this time. She didn't go. She'll go next time. Is that you know you have the everybody thinks of MTV Spring Break Daytona Beach when you think of Cabo, and it's not always like that. Um, it's actually off season, and so for me, it's a mind dump. I go out there. It's eighty degree weather. Mm-hmm. The ocean's eighty degrees. Everything's eighty degrees, and it's just everything's gone for a moment. Well, and back to what we were alluding to before, that is so rare for you. you yeah. You do not get that. I don't. Life. You know, you, you know my schedule. I'm, just, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. going. And, it, and it's my fault. I mean, umpteen jobs. I on a movie set yesterday. I'm working now. <laughs> I'm sitting in uniform in your studio doing a podcast, and then I'm on set tomorrow night. So I, I'm always moving. So are you, after this recording, are you going back out on the street? I, I'm starting the street. Oh, this is the beginning of your shift. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I go until wee hours of the night. Nice. So what were you doing all day today? You were on the movie set today? No, I was in the office. Jesus. Wow. So, uh, just personal note. So you're really not going to be bowling our next bowling night? I'm not going to be bowling. So we have have a four-person team. Mm -hmm. And what are we in, week uh, seven or eight? I don't know. Maybe more than that. I don't know. But but have we had, we've had one week where all four of us have been there, I think. Literally one of us has missed seemingly every week where we've never had a four-person team yeah i think and now you're screwing us this week <laughs> not completely because i got bob oh you got our sub our sub, you got our sub. Our well, sub will be there okay oh, so we'll have a four-person you'll team. have a four-person which team. by the way we've had this sub all year he's never showed up because either he couldn't okay or we didn't give enough enough he, he notice didn't qualify. he didn't qualify that kind of thing right. huh. so so we have we have we have this four-person team where none of us ever show up but we were just texting back and forth <laughs> pat went on this angry rant was it yesterday or month? it was earlier in the this week yesterday I was here whenever we're re- recording this and this airs or whatever it, it, we are we are the second highest team in terms of average correct we're all like 215 averages ish and we're in last dead last place dead last damn it i mean we're not even close we lose because it's a handicap league so the other people they get pins okay to, so like uh, somebody who's got a 170 average bowling against any one of us they get what 50 60 pins so we start that far we can't win to say which would be great if they bowl their average or they keep fucking bowling 40 over their own average yeah they have a 170 we have average the ability to 40 everybody bowls against us bowls the their career high game <laughs> This is our business venture. We're gonna our, our business venture is how to improve your your bowling. Bowl against us. We charge you. You just bowl against us. You'll bowl out of your minds. And the, and the funny thing is, we still have a great time, but we're not used to being like this bad. Yeah, you guys are good. And and somehow we're in last place, but we do still have a good time. But it's like Jesus. No, it's it's, it's comically know, bad now. It, I was having a shitty day yesterday, and I was irritated. <laughs> and then I got an email from the. The, cl- the bowling app that shows me that we're in last place, and I got more irritated, and that's why I went on my rant. I love bowling. It's just fun. I love hanging out with my friends, and I love bowling. So I'm not there to make money, but, you know, I'm a personality, and I'm competitive in nature, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and all of us are on yeah, that team. We all are, and, you know, we're in the basement. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> so I just get irritated. But it's not because we're bowling shitty. We're bowling to our average and our ability, but everybody bowl against bowls out their fucking mind it's just irritating <laughs> wow. and, so, and, and they're getting shitty breaks i mean i don't mind losing to a good bowler and i'm not trying to sound like a pompous ass but i'm, I'm watching people who are already fucking hitting the head pin and there's everything's just falling and it's mm. irritating i could i could do a whole another hour podcast about this shit hey we could do a bowling podcast yeah <laughs> yeah we'd lose listeners the uh how long is your season for the it's 33 weeks 
Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's long. It's a long we're, time. we're right in the beginning. September of it. to May, basically. Yeah. You know, and you know, normally I bowl in the summertime, and I didn't bowl in the summer, so I'm still getting the rest off, which I, I that's what pissed me off. I bowled great last week and still lost. <laughs> yeah. In theory, it's supposed to even out. So as the as the season goes on, those of us that are somewhere between decent and great, and Pat's more on the great side and I'm more on the decent side, should all even out, and we should. There should be justice towards the end, but we've done this enough to know, eh, it might not happen. So yeah. we just try to focus on the fun. Alcohol. <laughs> that always helps. <laughs> so you're in your you're in your gear. You're going to go out on the street after this recording. Um, now that it's basically almost Halloween. Yeah. Um, is there some sort of like uptick in crime during Halloween? Do you see any like anything strange happening around? I'm not saying like ghosts or anything. <laughs> I'm talking more like, you know, more action on the street. I generally don't work Halloween, although, well, I usually do in a specialized uh, team, but no, not per se. Yeah. But the world's going crazy and it's. <laughs> changing by the week we'll mm-hmm. see what happens this halloween because i don't know <laughs> halloween can be a weird night though right for cops because you've got you've got people that are calling 911 about monsters when it's like hello it's fucking halloween well the problem is is if somebody calls in a robbery uh guys wearing a mask no shit everybody is <laughs> can you be more descriptive with the mask so do you get ever call, ever get called out for the uh offensive uh, like Halloween de- decorations out in the front yards or anything like no, that? No, the stories that you guys talk about, yeah. I haven't personally been a part of that or even heard of it. That's good. We'll see. But be- So, yeah, you're, you're kind of alluding to it, like what we talk about on the air all the time, that everything's weird, right? It's not just us and what we talk about on the air. The world is fucking weird, and you're seeing it. It's Yeah, there's weird stuff happening. So, um, Would you say people are more angry or how would you describe it? Because we, we, we keep trying to figure it out every day on the show. feels like more higher anxiety in general. I don't even know how to describe it. You have the entitled. Mm. And that's why I think you hear the, the, who are the loudest is the entitled who feel they're owed some sort of justice. And every time things don't go exactly their way, it's all injustice. And they're screaming at us. And it's are bad um and then you have the other people who are just sick of it all mm. who are out you know, busting their hump and trying to trying to you know scrape by and and then they're being victimized and then they're getting pissed off so it's it, it's a it's a society in itself right now it's it's a, it's weird it's hmm. different it's different than i've ever seen it somebody's made some reference to um we're flashing back to the 70s when everybody was anti-war, anti-government, anti-cop, and it's kind of gone like full circle, where that's kind of where that, where the difference is now is you have social media, where everything's instant information, so everything that that happens is blown on social media immediately. I've heard those references to late '60s, early '70s. Uh, so, like the the depending on how far you get into it, Vietnam, and then the Democratic National Convention of what '68 or whatever, early '70s. But and the problem is, Pat, we're similar. You're what a year younger than me, right? But we we weren't we either weren't alive or we were infants then, so right. we don't have the perspective. We have history, and we're like, well, maybe it's like that, right? But we, I can't tell. Well, was, that reference was made by somebody older than me. <laughs> <laughs> there are people that older than us. Good oh to know. <laughs> but I can't tell. I can, I know it's weirder than any time I've been aware. Mm-hmm. And it, 
and I'm pretty analytical and logical, and I don't have an answer for it. That's what bothers me. I don't know. You know, we try to tell people do this and do that. Maybe things will get better, but I don't know what the answer is. It's it's a mentality that I haven't dealt with before, and it's difficult. It's very difficult when they're entitled and you know, and they're screaming at you, and they've got a phone in your you know face, and they're demanding your name and your it makes your it hard badge to do your number, job. And, and and then you have to sit there and just take it. And that's probably the most difficult part. But, Are you getting you know, filmed all the time now, basically, when you're out in uniform? You know, again, as a supervisor, my role's a little bit different, but we we just had a meeting a couple of days ago, training, and you know, assume we told our officers, assume you're being filmed, mm-hmm. and with the you know the transient population climbing, theft going up, you know, Prop forty seven fifty seven, everybody's putting cameras on their buildings, so don't assume you're being filmed by a cell phone. Assume any building you're near, you're on camera. So just live life as as if you're always on camera and it's not that hard if you maintain your professionalism remember why you do this job remember your oath and try to provide the, the highest level of service to the public then you're not going to have an issue it's only when you step outside of policy and and uh lose your cool then you're gonna have a problem i got a question here from cheryl about uh your job um one of our million cheryls <laughs> Uh, he, she asks if, um, if you've ever had any people that you might've arrested or come in contact with or reach out that ha- have they ever reached out to you later to thank you or just to let you know that they got help that they needed? If so, how does it make you feel that he might have made an impact like that? I can't think of any particular story that per se, where somebody came out and said, Hey, you did this, but I've. In my job, and I work a, a smaller specialized uh, enforcement, we, we have repeat offenders. So there's people who have come up to me and thank me for my professionalism, uh, giving them resources. We have uh, street handout sheets, called street sheets, that uh, give people resources, show them where to get help. Um, and I've gotten tons of thanks for those, and people have come back and said, you know, thank you. Hey, I've dealt with you before. You're, you're super cool. And and, you know, I'm sorry. And, and, and those people, even when they're uh, breaking the law and you have to take action, are pretty more, all right, you got me. Mm-hmm. You're cool with me. I'm going to be cool with you. Yeah. And then it's just, it's it's how you treat people. And it's, people have to remember why they're doing this job. I, I've been doing this for a while and not one time have I put on this uniform and hated why I did it or, or wondering why I did it. That's two or three times you've used that phrase. So we may have alluded to this last time. Why do you do it? It ain't the money. Why? Why are you a <laughs> it's cop? Funny. Um, you know what? I, I was in second grade in Rancho Cordova where I grew up, and uh, Sac County deputy, um, I still remember his name, Sergeant Madrigal, who's long retired now, but he came to assembly and he's wearing his Class A uniform with his Smokey the Bear campaign hat, and there was <laughs> something about the presence, um, about that that I was was enamored by and I wanted to be a part of, and then I think I, we had a couple other students. Um, whose fathers were cops and for show and tell they bring the cop cars out and I always wanted to be a part of it so you know growing up through rancho and doing my teenage year things I went on a ride along and knew that I didn't know anything about law enforcement I just knew hey fast lights and siren sounds cool right you know grew up in the Dukes of Hazard smoking a bandit era let's mm-hmm. go sideways and smoke some tires let's go fast <laughs> what going on a ride along I knew at that day Either I was going to be scared and go, this is not what I thought it was, or I was going to like it. And I came off the ride line going, you guys get paid to do this? I'm in. So um, 
so that's what your my mentality was. And then when you go into the academy, is when you kind of learn what it's really about and mm-hmm. the dedication it takes to get through the academy. I didn't make it through my first academy. Really? Yeah, it took me two academies to get through. Interesting. And uh, what what was your Achilles heel in that first time around? You know, ac- academics. Really? It's you with, at least with the Second County Sheriff's Academy, and uh, things have changed. So I don't know. I went through you know back in the Stone Age, but um, you're allowed to fail five tests and then let me back it up if you fail a test you can remediate it mm-hmm. if you fail the remediation you're gone that's it so no one, more second academy nothing well you can go through another academy but oh. you're out of that academy then you got to wait for the next academy to start and you're gotcha. back at you know day one ground zero so you can fail one test you can fail a test remediate and you stay in fail a second test remediate and stay in on your fifth test your fifth fail you're done no matter what so you're spending your entire time studying and what's difficult about it and I, I put this analogy in people so and i'm just going to just throw out some random topics and, and learning domains but on monday you'll get lectured on property crimes on tuesday you get lectured on sex crimes and then wednesday you get lectured eight hours on you know, you know crimes against children then eight hours of that thursday oh it's more than that that's oh just that day and then thursday geez. you have uh, physical agility or you know, PT and on Friday you go to the range and then Monday you have a test on the first lecture you had on Monday which was right. property crimes <laughs> you've had 48 hours of other crap crammed in your head as well as getting yelled at and told that your uniform gig lines are off and your creases are bad and then you got to study for this test you know you got to take good notes and, and you absolutely cannot make it through the academy without a study group you have to have peer support to uh for that to work you mentioned uniforms and seams you need to make sure you're dressed properly to take these tests too is that what you're saying in the cat it's paramilitary okay you're in a cadet uniform i wasn't aware you, of that yeah you have grooming standards wow ironed straight uh creases gig lines and for those in the military know what a gig line is mm-hmm. felt welcome seems are all lined up and so yeah you're getting yeah wow and it, it's i think it's a little bit different now but back in the day we were yelled at yelled at oh they can't yell at you anymore they don't even do that in the military i'm not gonna pretend i know what's going on because i've been the academy forever but i've heard stories from uh you know people go through the academy and the sheriff's department's always maintain high standards they they get the the best of the best but because of their their training standards are so high but because of the times i think they've had to you know change things here and there and change the way they they deliver uh that same training Mm -hmm. but back in the day is very old school we've heard stories on the air uh, anecdotal stories of in the military the stress cards like eh, you can't yell at me more than this many times in boot camp i don't know if we've ever really gotten them confirmed or if they're unique but that i think that's what you're alluding to yeah same thing i don't think they have i don't think we're, they're at that level yeah but I, I think that that's they're probably more uh, the department's probably more aware of stress that you put on but it, mm-hmm. it was designed when i went through to put you through stress yeah, i was wound up well it's tight. kind of a stressful job i mean I, i've done a few ride-alongs with you and and a dozen probably total with other people and and i don't claim to have any concept of what it's like but it's goddamn stressful out there and the stuff you guys see and the people you meet and you can go from sometimes i don't even know how we're awake on some of these ride-alongs and then out of nowhere the adrenaline kicks in because we go from driving around radio's dead 
we're in line at Dutch Brothers Coffee because we got to get through four more hours, and then pretty soon you're going 120 miles an hour, and I'm like, ah! And that's up. why I explain to people who don't know much about law enforcement. Law enforcement is like, you know, 98% boredom and 2% of holy shit, we almost died. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes, it, it, that's how it goes. And then you've mentioned the, the academy exercise and there was an exercise where we were out, um, at, in class, mm. and they told you, hey, it's stressful, close your eyes, relax, you know, think of a happy place. And then someone snuck in behind and then capped off six blanks in the, in the classroom. Mm. Oh, my God. And I felt my heart come out of the chest, and they're like, that's what police work is like. You're writing a report, things are calm, and, and all of a sudden the shot's fired. That's probably the stuff I don't think they do anymore. I don't know. <laughs> but, 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 how, wait minute, but how ironic is that? Because we live in a modern age where, although, thank God it hasn't happened much lately, cops are getting assassinated in their police cars That's sitting true. on the side of the road. And again, I, I can't speak for what they're actually doing now. So I, I don't know if they're not doing that. What I can tell you is that my experience with the Sacramento County Sheriff's Department Academy, it's, one, it's the best academy the training that they hammer into you uh, makes some of the best officers out there. You texted me. Hopefully you don't mind me saying that you texted me. If you do, we'll cut this out. We talked about a story a couple months ago. The, the, there was that video that went viral in Las Vegas of the cop who was chasing officers and, and, and was shooting at the at, I'm sorry, the cop who was chasing the suspects, murder suspect, the murder suspects, and was shooting as they were driving oh, through yeah. the windshield and all that. And somebody called up and said, "That's just ridiculous. There, nobody trains that way." And you texted me and said, "No, actually, we do train for such a situation." Uh, we haven't, but I know of a local agency that has is been that training. Yeah, it's a local agency that is uh, that is training for training suspects. shooting out the windshield of their own vehicle, and not necessarily to shoot at a moving vehicle. Um, because that's not really an effective way to stop a vehicle or a suspect. That you know that that video was pretty crazy. That was um, intense. Yeah, yeah. Especially and, when it's and stopped. I'm not gonna. I wasn't there. I don't know what led up to it. Right. I don't remember the entire circumstances. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm victim of the same social media you guys are. I guess that much information, justification for it. Um, but the idea that it's so black and white that somebody can call in and go, that's ridiculous, no cop should ever be doing that, is clearly, that's where the gray area is of what you do. Very little in this is black and white. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the situations are so dynamic. They're not static situations. So, yeah, to say that you would never shoot a windshield, well, we just talked about it. <laughs> Cops are getting assassinated. Well, if a guy's sitting in his car drinking a coffee... And a guy's walking up and starts dumping around through the windshield. Well, I'm shooting back out through the windshield. <laughs> so I hope. Yeah. So, you know, there's always, you can make an argument for every situation. But, yeah, there are agencies that are training, shooting from. And I don't know that necessarily that they're training to shoot out the windshield. They're probably training to shoot from a seated position because that's a difficult um, position to be in. If you got your, you know, if you're a right-handed officer, you have your gun tucked in between your seat belt and the center console and trying to draw your weapon in a panic situation could be difficult. So that's probably what they're trained to get some muscle memory doing that. Everything that we do is repetitive 
So speaking of social media, I did some Facebook stalking of your page before we did this recording. Um, oh boy! Uh, no, it's actually about uh, Prop Six. Um, you you seem very passionate about it, and with uh, the ele- not the election, but the uh, the voting deadline coming up on November sixth, I thought that we would probably bring this up. Um, so you say that you hope people are reading these propositions. This gets this gas tax needs to go away. No voter input needed to continue to raise it. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about Prop Six? I'm not going to pretend to be a political expert, but that's just, you know, one of the things that bugged me about Prop 6 and kind of what's transpired is that when Jerry Brown was elected, he, he one of his campaign promises was not to raise taxes without voter input. Mm-hmm. So one of the things he did was add the gas tax, which I drive a diesel vehicle, and anybody who drives a diesel vehicle knows I'm paying over $4 a gallon right now for diesel fuel, which is about 20 cents higher than premium fuel which is just irritating itself because if anybody knows anything about gas, diesel is unrefined gasoline. It costs less to make diesel, yet I'm paying 20 cents more than everybody else for every other grade of fuel. Um, That being said, it seems to be California's answer to everything is throw more money at a problem. Well, California has the highest gas tax. Prices already in the nation, and it's a mismanagement of the money they currently have, not give them $50 billion more you know, to pave the roads. I think they need to work with the money they already have. So mm-hmm. the the other, and the biggest issue I have with that prop is if people read it, if you vote no and keep the current gas tax, it requires no voter input if they decide five years from now that that's not enough money. So we'll jack another 20 cents on the gas tax and get another $50 billion out of you, and you have no input in it. Is, so. this, is this a function for you of, of age, maturity, living, the job, uh, where you're paying, are you paying more attention to these propositions or have you always been like this? No, it's, it's probably because of the job. I got more political probably, and I hate to say it, but back when, during the Obama uh, administration, back when he was running for president, only because of all the, the, the slander. Mm-hmm. That was happening with them, and I wanted to do my own homework. I I don't. I'm not one to buy into what people say. So I'm, you know, sorry. my ex- my experience with you though is that you are like us. I I I don't know exactly where you align politically. I think you lean left and right on certain issues. I I, I am center. I'm probably right of center. I'm conservative on some issues. I'm uh, liberal on others. It depends on the subject. I I, I sit middle. Um, is there anything? So you meant you mentioned on I mean, on the last podcast, a lot of people were really in, uh, intrigued by the prop forty seven fifty seven thing that you alluded to again. Is there anything this time around that, as a cop, you're like, oh God, not this again? I don't. I'm not aware of anything. I don't, I'm not aware of anything either. Um, no, I think the big one is prop eight. You know, the dialysis. You know that people are talking about, and, and I haven't sat down to uh, to. Read all the propositions. Man, I was hoping you'd brush up, on, brush me up on all these things because I haven't done it either. Well, oh. So, a buddy of mine did. And he goes, "I read them all. No one, everything. Yes, I'm six. That's what he told me. That's easy so, enough. So for now, those are our marching orders. That's what I got for now until I read differently. But yeah, I, you know. So that's what got me into, you know, at least doing some homework on the political stuff was back in the Obama administration. And now, you know, now that, I don't know, you get older and you're, 
you're starting to see these these political moves affect your pocketbook literally then that's where i get more interested and for me it affected my pocketbook affected my job my ability to do my job but it affects you emotionally too. I mean, and and we don't have to even go into which side you were on unless you want to. But you were texting me like about the Kavanaugh stuff, which that has nothing to do with quote unquote your job. It might it might have affect you as a man or whatever you were thinking. But you were paying attention and you you were emotionally invested in one in something that you were seeing there. So it seems like you are. I, I, I don't know if it's a function of, again, maturity, age, or just the, the age we live in where everybody is so heightened out of this stuff. Well, that one just bugged me personally. So I, I, I look at, I look things, it's, it reminds me of relationship arguments I've had. I look mm. at things factually. I don't go into things emotionally, <laughs> you know, and I, I'm not, any woman that's been violated in any manner absolutely should be reported and everybody should be held accountable. I am not, I, I'm not, I don't veer away from that in any way. What I have an issue with regarding the Kavanaugh and, and you'll get a thousand people who argue with me and it's okay. The issue I have is that this is a woman who, who had, who had an incident and I'm not going to say that she didn't have an incident because her, her testimony is very compelling and I believe something occurred. What I have a hard time believing is that was it was Brett Kavanaugh. Um, but you had something that happened 30 years ago, but you don't remember where. You don't remember exactly when. And after 30 years, you know, I, I know she talked to her attorney and talked to her, her uh, counselor yeah. at some point in 2012. I, I have an issue with these women coming forward with such lack of detail. If you if he did it, then cool. Let's hold him accountable. But to to persecute this guy and then hold up his career, his entire he's gone twenty seven years as a judge, sixteen years as a federal judge with zero complaints, mm-hmm. zero complaints. And then when you get appointed supreme, you know, nominated for supreme, now all of a sudden this happens, and now you want to crucify him. Does it scare you as a man of a certain age? Did you start to go back in your mind like, holy shit, this is, I did things like this. And if I, mean, I ran for office, I'd be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Without question. We've all, I mean, I've talked yeah. to we've all done it, and, and I think I talked to you about it. Mm-hmm. Have I made out with a girl and, you know, try to push the envelope? No. Oh, you push the envelope? No. Right. Okay, they give in. Or no, no, no. Okay, she really means no. We've all... Right, no wasn't no in our day as a teenager. Right. It was three no's was no, or five no's right. was no. I mean, we, which is horrifying never, to people today. We never forcibly, you know, and that's right. just, you know, it's just, you know, guys being guys and trying to, you know, get laid. That's what we're trying to do. And, and, and Brandon, you know. sometimes when we talk about this stuff on the air, it seems like we hit a line where you go, yeah, this is a little icky. And you're about, what, 15 years younger than us. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you're like super like, you know, first no is no. But it seems like you, you have a line where you go, okay, guys, maybe you're, you were, yeah, it was a worse time. No, I, no? I mean, I do, I, 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 I gave this some serious thought because when this whole Kavanaugh thing was going down, I did the same thing. I went back and looked in, in my memory bank to think, well, was I a little aggressive here? Maybe. But, you know, I never took it to the point where it was rape or molestation yeah. or any sort of sort of any sort of assault. Not and I stopped. But, you know, I called a girl a slut at a bar one time and I thought, well, can she hold that against mm-hmm. me? You know, like there's just it, it just seems like the the line is being blurred. It, yeah. It, it's yeah, it's being completely washed away. Yeah, exactly. And that's 
I would be horrified if my name was attached to any kind of you know any kind of claim like that. Mm-hmm. And I've always been you know my dad raised me as a gentleman, but you know we had those you know trying to be aggressive. Sure. Sometimes aggressive works. Yeah, and, some girls like aggressive and, and never again never to the point of forceful or disrespectful, but you know just you know trying to run your game. You mm-hmm. know, and that and it, it it's scary. Yeah, and and. Uh, <laughs> So what time you got to get working? Because I'm a boss, I can do. Oh really? Yeah. Are you gonna take us to Dutch Bros after this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were riding the back. So I've I, been there. I, I had I had a I had a question for you after the last podcast, and and Brandon and I talked. I think we actually did it on the air. We talked about it a little bit, and just because of some recent stuff that you and I have been going through. Because I, I, we talked last time. I don't even remember how many years. What, what are we? Five, ten years into this thing? I don't know how long we've known each other now. Um, it's uh, irrelevant, it's but been a while. it's been a while. And one of the things that I, that, that you and I have really tested, especially recently, you are seriously into friendship and loyalty. And, uh, by tested, I mean that I've, I've tested you, I've pushed your boundaries and there is that you are, I, I don't know how you decide this, but man, you're a hell of a friend. And you are loyal. I don't know if you're loyal to a fault, but where? What does that look like for you? And there's there's a reason I'm asking. But I mean, you, God damn it, you're a hell of a friend. I, I don't know. It's just a, a probably a, a characteristics that just developed over the years. But you don't give it away easily. No, no. And and I kind of described you the same way. Is hmm. my circle small? But when you're in the circle, you're in the circle, and that's you're, you're tight. I have um, five close friends that are in my best friend circle. That if shit goes south for me, I'm dialing. You're one of them. You five, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I am a friend of a fault. I've pissed off some girlfriends doing it, and but. Friendships are just something that are treasured to me. They're they're hard to come by, and when you find somebody who who is uh, who won't do you dirty, who you trust with you know your entire life, um, that's just something to hang on to. And it, yeah, it's a big deal. And so when a friend of mine calls, if uh, unless I'm chained down to <laughs> the table, I'm going. And and you're not the first person to say that. And I'm, I'm it's a it's a it's a problem I'm, I'm proud to have. I, I don't know if you remember Brando and I, I you know all this stuff blurs together like mm-hmm. when we talk on the air and off the air you go mm-hmm. did we do that on the air because it, it it was after I don't think it was on the last broadcast but I alluded to there there are two standout moments that I remember one with you Brandon and one with me where we had had way too much to drink mm-hmm. and Pat was the guy yeah, uh, there, there was there was an old Roseville incident that I know you remember where mm-hmm. where you were trying to load Brandon into a car, but he was too busy puking. And, and this and th- if you say so, same in look, the bushes. same look. This, I know this was on the air because this, I know we did this after the last broadcast, and you gave me that look on the air, like no, mm-hmm. I do not remember that. It sounds right, but well, I don't remember it. Let, well, let me. T- I'll give you more detail. Oh, good. We were gonna load. <laughs> we were gonna load you into an Uber. Okay. And then the lady goes, he's going to get banged $150 if any of that gets in my car. And I go, get out of that car and get in that yellow (laughs) cop-looking car. And we put you in a cab to send you home. Um, 
Yeah, it was one of those one of those rare old school Brandon moments where you were a good one moment, the next one we're like, holy shit, he went south quick. Wow. And then we had an incident where I showed up to bowling. There was some fan there who caught me, and I was not in a good place to begin with, and he bought me way too much vodka. And shortly after that, you were calling Brandon to come get me to take me home. And the reason I kind of tied all that in together was when Brandon and I were talking about it, I was wondering. Sure, the third moment where I drove you home? Yeah, because you, you had to drove me, drive me home. On, well, that, on that one, one, Brandon, got in. There's another moment where I drove you home in your truck. That was, I think that was after this. It was after. This moment. Ugh. That was yeah. the, la- the last time I, that we had that moment, I drove you home in your truck. Do these things, are these things burdens? Like, like, like I think Brandon and I feel bad a little bit about oh, i feel bad and i absolutely it, feel bad and, and 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 we've never had to do it to you right it's almost like we kind of you know we wish you'd kind of like go south one day so that we had to do it for you because it's like it's like you want you damn it are we you know putting you out and putting you in these horrible situations no it's it's part of friendship and it's not that big of a deal you know i mean it, there's it, i've had other friends i'm like fuck <laughs> and you know you gotta take care of them but um you probably but no. deal with worse perps than, than it, us drunk junk dudes. So it's it's a combination of I've, I'm always a, a caretaker. I'm always you know I'm always your you know security. I'm always I'm always taking care of my group, and I, it doesn't matter whether you're drunk or sober. I'm always my friends are with me. I, I make sure everybody's okay and everybody's accounted for. And I'm you know I like things structured. So um, so combination of that and then being a friend and somebody's fucked up then you got to get them home and, and get them taken care of and it's not that big of a deal to me it's, well thank you pat yes it's not like you guys are calling me from san francisco going hey, i am fucked up come get me. Like, oh, damn it well, unfortunately those days are well behind me i'm like how much is the uber i'll pay for it yeah no but i mean i think i both brandon and i we went through our our periods at different stages in our life but i don't know quite honestly if we would have without you yeah and and turned the corner and kind of you know gotten more responsible and well, I'm glad I was there for you guys, and you know, it's certainly both the situations could have gone a different direction. And I'm glad that I was there to make sure you guys were taken care of. It's it's not a burden. I don't, I do it all day, every day. It's just kind of how I am, and you know, it, it doesn't extend necessarily to my closest friends. And if it was a friend of a friend, I, if if it was in our group, I would take care of a friend in our group. It's you, just how I am. You have this weird quality too. I was thinking about driving over before we, we recorded this. Cause you, you, you don't like people. You're like me, I think on the people hating thing in general. And I don't know if you hate people, or you hate humanity or how you define that, but you have a low tolerance for people. It's, I have a low tolerance for stupidity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which but, is becoming more rampant. common. Yeah. But the way you handle it is the complete opposite of me. Like, I don't have that function that you have. I don't know if it's part of your job or whatever. Because, like, me, I just walk. I ignore it because if I don't, I'm going to be an asshole. And you have this way of disarming these people. Like, you just – you say something, and I know you're physically you're physically intimidating, and that helps. But you also say, like – the best stuff in a way that comes across positive. Like you're almost pleasantly insulting the shit out of people. I see you do this at bowling. I see you do it when we're out. Like some some idiot will be in our face. Not like in our face, but just annoying as fuck. And somehow you disarm them. And I know you're thinking, I hate this. And I'm thinking, I hate this motherfucker. But you have a way of doing it that's really impressive. It's just years of this job and talking to different people and different, uh, I guess, intellectual levels. Um and my mom 
is probably one of the smartest and wisest people I've ever met, and she just taught me to <laughs> beat people with wits versus your fists. Nice. Dad was fists, mom was wits. Mm. So uh, you know, I can go both directions if I need to. But I like I like to outsmart people. I like to I like the challenge of uh, a verbal challenge, mm-hmm. and it's and I've gotten pretty good at it. And you know, as you know, you know, sarcasm <laughs> is my primary language generally. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, and you know, as as big as I am, as much uh, physical altercation I've been in, I hate fighting. I absolutely hate it. If I, what's worse, fighting or running? Because you always tell me your body's not meant to run. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I, I hate them both. <laughs> I probably, I don't know. That's the problem with fighting is that somebody always ends up getting hurt. Mm. Generally. Is it also the negativity that that's surrounding it? I mean, it, you seem like a pretty positive guy. So. Yeah, there's just there's nothing good of a fight. I mean, the the fights that you know, I win the majority of them. I've never felt good. I've never walked away from a fight going, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he kicked his ass. Mm-hmm. Even when I kicked his ass, and like I, it didn't need to go that way. It right. didn't have to go that direction. And then we've talked about it. You know, that's why. Uh, when I get my buttons pushed, I get quiet. I get really quiet, and and the and the bear is is hunkered in the corner, and he's getting quiet for a reason. And that's a good time to walk away. Um, it was uh, last weekend on the golf course for about four holes. It was like, okay, Pat's in that space. Just let's leave. Don't, him. don't let's talk leave. to Pat. Yep, let's leave him alone. Last weekend was the worst <laughs> round of golf I've played in fucking years. Nothing, not oh, one stick worked. I hate that feeling. And people hear that and they think, oh, come on, it's golf. It's like, but, but, you know, it, it's your outlet, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're bowling like shit or you're golfing like shit and you're tired, you had been filming the movie for 12 hours. I think you got four hours of sleep. It's like, okay. And you're losing $3 golf balls. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You got to know, okay, we're just going to leave Pat alone for a yeah, few holes. The ridge doesn't have very many findable <laughs> no. out-of-bound areas. No, that's it's all true. woods. No. I just can't believe you're in movies now. That's what what got you into that. I'm not saying I'm in movies now. I've just been in a couple of movies. Um, uh, Howard Bird, who's a local producer, uh, him and I were neighbors. Okay. In 2002, when me and my uh, ex girlfriend bought our first house, and he wasn't in movies then, so we'd been friends for years. And he decided to go into producing movies, and he's produced. I said five or six movies now that you know they're exceptional. I remember the first movie he had me see was a movie called Criminal Activities, starring um, John Travolta, which I recommend everybody see. It's got, I think I talked to you about mm-hmm. it. If you're one of those people who think you can figure out the end, watch that movie. Oh, good! I, I'd love these I types of movies. Challenge you, if, and the twist in the end is amazing. So. He said, "Hey, I, you know, I produced this movie. We're gonna do a premiere." He had his laptop and set up on his big screen, and I went to his house. He had lawn chairs and stuff. I'm like, "Okay, I'll go support my friend." Uh, I watched that movie, and my mouth was like, "Fuck, oh, dude, when's I hitting the theater?" That was it. Kept it was captivating the whole time. Filmed in SAC? No, it was was filmed, I think, in Michigan, and <laughs> it was filmed elsewhere. This was um, a bigger movie. And, Again, sorry, John Travolta. So, you know, immediately I'm going, how did you get John Travolta? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a low-budget film, but you got John Travolta, and he told me kind of the... Did he give him a free massage? Oh, it's kind of... They have uh, <laughs> little movie tricks that that 
if you look at all the, the time that John Travolta was actually in the film, if you count it, I think it adds up to like 23 minutes. Yeah. He's able to shoot it all in a day or two. Right. So they were able to pay him. But he's a name attached to he's it. He's a name yeah. attached to it, mm-hmm. and they paid him like 75 grand. I don't know. Don't hold me <laughs> to the number. I don't know. But, you know, basically it's a two-day job for him, in and out, quick, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70 grand or whatever they pay him. God, I could out. go for 75 grand for a day of work. Oh, shit. Damn it. You don't make that for four hours? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> Working on it. All right. Man. Buy more brine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got nothing left for you, Pat. I think we're good. You Marriage? Know? Are you going to get married, Oh, Pat? yeah. Are you going to married? Countdown. I knew this was the last one to ask. Are you serious? Well, come on. She moved in now. Yeah. And we have new, this. You know I have, nev- I have not asked you this personally at all. Because I never I have would. never asked a woman to marry me. Yet. Really? All, never. So, um, so I take it you've never been married. I have never <laughs> been married. I've never asked a woman to marry me. And your girlfriend knows all this. But I have the desire to be married. Huh. So Ooh. I've been very selective and, and cryptic. And, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you, I don't care. Uh, I don't want to, you know, ask the people how many people, who's been divorced in this room? Me. Okay. I don't want to be on that, that, in that, um, in that team. It's not a a fun club. No, I don't want to be in that club. And, you know, almost everybody, you know, has been divorced and you get married too young. And and I just think now at this point in my life, I've, I've dated enough fucking train wrecks (laughs) that I've filtered through, you know the junk mm-hmm. and i have without question have found the most remarkable woman i've ever met in my entire life so i'll second that she's amazing if uh if there's any hope of getting married um she's it nice. i i hate to say this but it'll probably happen with her well good maybe I, in italy next summer Ooh, yeah. <laughs> maybe it'll be a two-week honeymoon <laughs> vacation well that's fantastic in europe i don't know i i have nothing bad to say as a woman but I've, I've talked to actually I was talking to some guys on the movie sets and and she's the the first woman that I've dated that has made me stop looking. I should say start looking, but the grass is not greener. It's right? no, right. I haven't. There's nothing that anybody could present me that would lead me to believe that your grass is greener. That's just it. I got a package. I got. She's beautiful and she's a, and she and she loves me and she loves to cook and she's amazing in bed and we we just match at every single level intellectually well the the big thing early on with you that i that i recognized was the conflict resolution thing that you basically said you would never experience that is that's huge um and that's the issue i've had with some of my um ex-girlfriends and i don't i'm not gonna mention names because um none of us wants you to mention any names well yeah (laughs) especially kevin huey my attorney because we have a lot of listeners here and and, and uh, one of her good friends is uh, is a listener and a huge fan, but you know, you know, amazing people, but the communication breakdown and the the, the way that conflict was dealt with um, just didn't work out, and you know, it, it doesn't, you know, you still care for them, you know, mm-hmm. you know, my ex, I still care for her, she's a great person, but us as a couple just wasn't going to work with with that. But you know, as far as uh, my current girlfriend, it's it's like I said that first fight we got into and the way she handled it. I went, 
Yeah, when you told me that story and you were like, oh my God, we literally talked about it and like there was no screaming and we discussed this was her point of view and my point of view and you were like a little kid on Christmas. It was funny because I actually, <laughs> our conflict was over the phone and so I actually smiled. I went, when she made a comment, I'm like, this chick's badass nice. because she argued how she felt not what i did based on her emotion oh nice yeah. and you can't argue how somebody feels if you did something and it caused an emotion from them and they're sharing that with you you have no argument from that then all you can do is go hey i apologize that was not my intent i'm sorry you felt that way you know what can i do in the future to make sure we don't have the exact same result and that's how it's a, an adult fucking conversation to well, resolve a conflict that. versus <laughs> you did that you son of a bitch and you, you know i felt this way and you it's it's a screaming match mm -hmm. and i don't scream and so <laughs> my ex hated that because i just shut down like mm -hmm. okay and i learned again from the wisest woman i met my mom when a, when a conversation is no longer going in a positive direction i just stop what's the point Right, they were just wasting time. And so I used to say, you're upset. We're no longer going in a positive direction. I'm going to leave now. Not because I don't care, but I'm going to let things calm down and we can discuss this later. And then I'd leave and get 4,000 text messages. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> if text messaging went away tomorrow, I would not care. Same to give here. a shit. Oh, man. Literally getting argued. I could tell by the tone of your text that you're upset. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Texts don't have a tone. Uh, so just, just stuff like that. But yeah, I have, uh, I, I, you know, I'm nine, ten months in this, and I have nothing negative to say, which is crazy. I've never been that, never been that position before. So it's nice you'd be well, so good. open about it too. Yeah, happy for you, Pat. I, no point in hiding it. No yeah. point in hiding it. You're gonna see it. If, I mean. She's also the first girl I had is my wallpaper on my phone. <laughs> oh, nice. That's how you know you made it. Well, I, I've always kept my love life private, you know, for a couple of reasons. I think it's from the old player days. You keep, mm -hmm. it, you keep it private and people don't know you have a girlfriend. And then when you're out trying to get some side action that nobody's salting your game up. And, um, you know, I'm, I gave that up in my late 20s, but. Now I just now I'm loud and proud with it. I have a girlfriend. She's amazing. Here she is. Meet her. Love her. If you don't, then beat it. I don't care. I do. <laughs> and here we go. So well, I think a European wedding sounds good. Sounds expensive. Yeah. Well, do it elope. Just do it with uh, some random Italian dude. I don't know. <laughs> okay. No. All right. No. Again, because back to what we talked about. My friends are important to me. Uh, so I gotta be there. I yeah. want my friends there. It's gonna be a party. We'll probably have a stupid ceremony. I do. She does. Let's do it. Fuck it. Party. Nice. Drink, food. Let's have a good time. Or I might do like you know, like like Rob did it. Maybe we'll go have a private ceremony, then have a party. But I want my friends to be there. I want my closest friends that've been there through all the years and through all my trial and tribulations. Because where. You haven't seen me fall on my face alcohol-wise. I fall on my face female-wise. Mm -hmm. Where I've like, oh, shit's going south at the house. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm moving out. She's moving out. Or, you know, that's where I call my friends. Can you believe what the shit you did? And, you know, so that's where I think we spent an entire ride-along. as a. It was a Dr. Rob session at, at one point. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. That's a good could, analogy. Could, could have been. I've, <laughs> I've never been married, but I've gone through more women relationships than you have. Yeah. Right? Mm. I think. And especially as a... What is this, a competition? No, no, no. 
I don't invite anybody into this no. one. This one's, this sucks. Mm-hmm. So when you find the one that uh, puts up with your shit and you have compatible issues, <laughs> stick with them <laughs> because yeah, it's crazy out here. And as crazy as the, mm. the political climate is, the dating climate's the same. Boy, compatible issues. There's one. That's one to move forward with. Mm-hmm. When you have compatible issues where you can relate to why each other's fucking nuts. Because we're all nuts. Oh, yeah. That yeah. is that is a big one. You gotta find somebody that enhances your crazy. I mean, yeah. it's the same level of crazy. Absolutely. And that that's that's literally the secret. It's somebody who's... And I think uh, my girlfriend is ran the gamut of, you know, nuts that she's dated. <laughs> and I've dated my share of nuts. And, and she told me... <laughs> Because I met her online shopping, I'll be the first one to admit. And we were going back and forth, and there was like a week where we didn't—I didn't hear from her. And I just text her. She goes, "Your text is what got me." And I sent a message going, "Hey, are you still there? I'm just looking for someone normal." Wow. <laughs> and she goes, "That's what got it." Nice. And that and her photos, she didn't have—they weren't filtered. She didn't have a fucking tongue sticking out the dog ears and all the snapchat shit hey girls if you're doing that that's fucking stupid knock it off and you're lying don't filter and don't do the fat girl angle shot where you're taking a picture from the balcony (laughs) just take a real photo and if you think you're overweight then just put it out there and if a guy calls you then you know he's texting you because he likes overweight girls but don't fake it just be who you are i can say I, i could do a whole show on Online profiles, man. It is. Bowling and online profiles. That's the next podcast. Right there. <laughs> yeah, do's and don'ts. <laughs> well, thank you, Pat. I really do appreciate you coming in again. Hey, no problem. It's a, it's a blast. Anytime. Awesome. The Rad Broadcast. The Rad Broadcast. The Rad Broadcast.